You want a war? You're gonna get one. Now get the guns, the drugs, the Hey yo, welcome back to Reliving the War. It's episode 172 and this week we have Raw coming from the legendary Toronto Skydome while Nitro's in Buffalo, New York. WWF Raw got bumped this Saturday this week so Nitro's got a free Monday. It's always interesting to see if either company can make the most out of these unopposed nights so let's see what happens. This week's jam up guy is James from Happy Buzz Entertainment. James makes short movies on his YouTube channel and in this particular video he played the role of God. God would wear a jam shirt of course so it's the most accurate depiction of God ever committed to film. Thanks very much James and thanks to everyone who visited chinlocks.com to pick up a shirt. Let's see how WCW attempted to rope viewers in in their first unopposed hour on Monday night. So, remember how Nitro ended last week? Hogan and his biker Michael Liker buddy stalking David Flair? Turns out they didn't do anything, they let David go, it was all mind games apparently. On Thunder, Arn Anderson called Ric Flair and everything was a-okay, but the enforcer still thought something wasn't right, something was a bit fishy and it wasn't the Nitro girls. Kimberly and company performed a dance routine to open up Nitro and DDP watched over his wife to make sure she was safe from Big Papa Pump. Or at least that's the excuse he gave everyone. We all know why Dallas was getting a closer look, don't we? He's an animal. He's an animal! We see Disco Inferno trying to gain access to a room backstage. Hello? What's the secret password? Disco fever! No. Disco fever! No. Disco fever! No. Disco fever! Yeah, that's not it, but that'll work. A little present for ya! Oh, wow. Inside the room is one Arn Anderson, all tied up and ready for an evening of disco dancing. The outsiders have went through the trouble of getting Disco a little payback for last week, how nice. Disco says this is gonna hurt you a lot more than it hurts me and Scott Hall says he didn't just say that did he? We then cut over to a bar where an unnamed woman talks directly to the camera. She's telling someone that he's hot stuff and there's a limo waiting outside to take them for a ride. This is Tori Wilson of course but who's she talking to? The cameraman? Luckiest cameraman on earth. Back in the arena, a horseman versus NWO tag team main event gets announced for tonight as Blitzkrieg makes his Nitro debut in the opening match. They spelt his name wrong during his entrance but whatever. Call air traffic control cause our boy Blitzy's going up against Rey Mysterio Jr. Blitzkrieg was very impressive here, a perfect opponent for Rey Mysterio. Check out his smooth dropkick right here followed up with a springboard corkscrew moonsault to the outside for example. Mysterio wasn't about to let this newcomer get the better of him though. He caught Blitzkrieg out with a powerbomb before impressing with a slingshot Arabian press moonsault. Blitzy pulls off a rolling senton followed by a standing moonsault but his dive to the outside gets stopped with a dropkick. 
Mysterio pulls off a leg drop while Blitzkrieg is draped over the middle rope. This looked awesome by the way. In the two take a well earned rest hold break after Ray delivers a superplex. Ray delivers a Bronco Buster before trying a top rope move. He gets stopped before he can take to the skies but Blitzkrieg also fails when trying a twisting moonsault. The match ends with a top rope Hurricane Rana from Ray Mysterio Jr. And yeah, a very impressive debut here from Blitzkrieg even though he took a loss. Mysterio and Conan vs Lex Luger and Nash happens at Super Brawl in two weeks time. Be a terrible shame if Ray lost that mask of his. Kenyon pays a visit to one of Raven's many houses next and Mommy Raven wants Kenyon to stay in and look after her boy while she hangs out on street corners to pay the rent. Kenyon tells Raven he has to break out of this state he's currently in and we then see the most famous clip from this whole storyline. What a mark. <laughs> It is funny and yes, it has came in useful for many marks who spend their time arguing on Twitter, but this thing with looking at the camera to break the fourth wall is really overdone during these segments and I'm not sure if this was a raven idea or a production idea. <laughs> you don't get it. Anyway, Raven tells Kenyon that money can buy him happiness and to prove that point, the two hop into Raven's Ferrari to go on a little shopping spree. Back in the arena, Booker T wrestles Fit Finley because, you know, Booker T has to refocus and climb the ladder of success once again in WCW. To show how much WCW cared about this match and wrestling in general during our number one, we cut away to two completely unrelated segments while the action continues in the ring. First of all, we see Hollywood Hogan giving Horace the keys to the kingdom. Horace is the new leader of the NWO black and white. Hulk says he and his nephew share blood and that runs deeper than anything else going on right now within the NWO. Horace is now in control but he can't tell anyone else that he's been appointed as the new leader. I really like how Hogan pointed at Horace and Horace thought he was going in for a fist bump, that's bad. Eric Bischoff also got his latest assignment for Nitro tonight, he's going to be chief custodian for the evening. He has to clean up all the shit and wipe Doug Dillinger's hole as per orders from Ric Flair. Eric says he's one of the most successful executives in Time Warner and he can't believe he has to clean dirty floors and dirty toilets, but Rick doesn't care all that much. The match ended with a big suplex from Booker T followed by the Harlem sidekick. Finley then went down following a missile dropkick. Booker T picks up a victory. Booker needs all the confidence he can get as he faces his toughest challenge ever at Super Brawl 9, the incomparable Disco Inferno. Steve Austin cuts a promo to kick off Raw. On Nitro, Raven makes a withdrawal at the bank. The WWF has come a long way for sure. Here's the Toronto Skydome hosting Raw in February 1997. And now look at it, productions went way up and the fans are hanging from the rafters. Vince McMahon's booked a non-title match for tonight, Stone Cold vs Mankind, and Stone Cold knows that Vince only booked this match so these two would beat the hell out of each other. Austin doesn't really care, he respects Mick, he knows Mick's tough, so it's a fight that Stone Cold's looking forward to. McMahon likes to sit in his office and think of new ways he can screw over Steve Austin but Vince will never get rid of Stone Cold. McMahon is, however, standing in between Austin and his upcoming title shot at WrestleMania, so Austin wants to give McMahon a few guarantees. Austin guarantees he'll beat Vince's ass up and down the steel cage at St Valentine's Day Massacre, he guarantees he'll walk over Vince's limp body on his way to WrestleMania, and Austin guarantees that there's gonna be a lot of bloodshed this week at the pay-per-view. Mankind then walks down to the ring and he says he might appear in the cage match this week just to get some of Vince's blood on his new white shirt, but he also reminds Austin that he's gonna win this last man standing match against The Rock and he's gonna face Stone Cold at WrestleMania. 
There's a big crowd here tonight in Toronto though who wants to see someone get their ass kicked. It could be Austin, it could be Mick, but one way or another the fans will see someone take a beating in that upcoming non-title match. The corporation then appear on the entranceway. The Rock says he's not going to check Mick into the SmackDown Hotel this Sunday, he's just going to bash Foley's brains in. Rock's going to prove why he's the great one and the best WWF champion there ever was. And Rock then tells Vince McMahon to set Austin's candy ass straight. McMahon says just like the Royal Rumble, Austin has no chance in hell this Sunday. And seeing as Austin let out a few guarantees, Vince wants to add some guarantees to this cage match himself. Firstly, no corporate members will interfere in this upcoming main event on Sunday. If a corporate member or a family member tries to help, then they'll get fired on the spot. And secondly, after this cage match, Vince guarantees that the WWF will never be the same again for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Before wrapping things up, Vince says there's a special referee for tonight's non-title match, and that referee is the 1999 Royal Rumble winner, Vince McMahon himself. Over on Nitro, Raven and Kenyon go to the bank and Kenyon tells some bozo in a suit that there's not going to be any autographs. Turns out this bozo's the bank manager and he knows Raven and his family pretty well. Raven goes to the front desk to make a withdrawal. Ten grand, all in ones. Raven's loaded, ladies and gents. Back in the arena, Eric Bischoff has to clean up the mess Jimmy Hart left in a toilet. Jimmy thinks this is awesome and he left a giant turd on the floor just for Easy e to pick up. And things then get serious when the faces of fear walk in to take a proper manly shit on the floor. A hard day for Eric. A hard day indeed. Hollywood Hogan meanwhile is having a meeting with Brian Adams and that no good stinking hyena Hulk Hogan tells Brian that he's the new leader of the black and white, you can see where this is going I'm sure. Brian wants to slap the guys around and bring in some new blood, but Hogan says Brian has to keep it a secret for now. No one needs to know at this very moment that Adams is the new leader of the NWO. It's kinda funny how being the leader of the NWO would have been huge news just a few years back, now it's being used as a running joke. Jeff Jarrett takes on D'Lo next on Raw, on Nitro Ric Flair delivers his weekly promo. Rick reveals tonight's Horseman vs NWO main event, it's gonna be Flair and Steve McMichael vs The Outsiders, so we've got Hall and Nash in the main event. Flair says Hogan has two weeks left to tell everyone that he's the world champion because at Super Brawl, Flair's taking that belt away. Poor John Cena takes another elbow drop right here and Cena's forced to tap out to the figure four. Flair then pulls an Eric Bischoff by abusing his power, he tells Scott Hall that he won't get a US title shot at Super Brawl even though he beat Benoit last week, and Flair then tells Bret Hart to come out because Nage has a big surprise for his excellency. Bret limps his way down to the ring, Flair says Bret has to defend that belt whether he wants to or not, and Bret says no, he has an injury and he has doctors that will back him up. So Flair tells Bret to drop the belt right now and go back to Canada because he's of no use if he won't compete inside the ring. Bret says Flair can't make him wrestle, Flair tells Bret yes he can, and the hitman's actually going to defend that US title tonight against the one and only Roddy Piper. The crowd lose their minds at this announcement and so does Bret. Bret throws the belt down but he eventually picks it up again, showing us all that he's not going to go back to Canada and he's going to defend that belt tonight on Nitro. The hitman then leaves the ring and he rips up a sign that Will Sasso was holding up in the audience. Bret appeared in a Mad TV skit where he attacks Sasso, so Will's hoping Roddy Piper can get the job done tonight on Nitro. We go back to the luckiest cameraman on earth and he's afraid to sit beside Tori Wilson, she's like come on and sit beside me, and whoever she's talking to is like nah I'm fine right here. 
Tori, sorry, this unnamed woman says she saw whoever this is on TV and she knows he isn't shy. So whoever's in this limo must be someone who's currently on the WCW roster. Back in the arena, DDP watches another Nitro Girls dance routine because he's <coughs> protecting his wife. I'm starting to think that Big Papa Pump was totally innocent and Dallas is the one we should have been keeping an eye on all along. Hollywood Hogan tells Stevie Ray that he's the new leader of the NWO Black and White. Stevie wants to cave a few of his teammates' heads in, but Hogan says, wait, don't tell anyone about this new job position, and Stevie's time will come soon enough. Politicking with Hulk Hogan, this could be its very own video series. On Raw, Dilo's scheduled to take on Jeff Jarrett, but before that happens, Dilo wants Mark Henry to forget about Deborah. Dilo wants to win the tag team titles and he doesn't want Mark getting distracted by the champion's manager. So Dilo went out and he found a new squeeze for Big Sexual Chocolate, and that new squeeze is Ivory. Ivory walks down to the ring, she gives Mark a big hug, and yeah, it looks like Mark's already forgotten about Deborah. The match gets underway and it doesn't take long for Owen Hart to get involved. So Mark goes after Owen and the referee gets distracted while Double J applies a figure 4. Ivory then gets in the ring and she makes Jeff release the hold, and Dilo is able to win after hitting the sky high. Already, Ivory's paying dividends for the team of Dilo and Mark Henry. Deborah isn't happy about this and the crowd pop when she and Ivory start slapping each other around, so it appears that Deborah has some new competition in the WWF. Great. Next on Raw, we've got a Val Venus promo and Gilbert vs Goldust. On Nitro, Brian Adams and Horace take on Barry Windham and Kurt Hennig. This is another WCW Tag Team Title Tournament match on Nitro and, you know, I'd really like to see those tournament brackets. I don't think they've been shown on TV yet. Kurt's battling his old NWO teammates here and the crowd aren't too sure who they should cheer for. It was easy last week seeing as Nitro was in Minneapolis, but this week the crowd aren't nearly as hot for the team of Hennig and Windham. Still, don't get too comfortable because the cameras cut away mid-match to show Eric Bischoff wiping up some luchador piss in the toilets. The lads want a little cologne and Eric tries to hand Damien some right guard, but these boys want the hard stuff. Old Spice, Eric hands over the forbidden scent and the boys thank Eric by throwing garbage in the tip jar. Back in the ring, things are looking bad for the NWO as Kurt Hennig begins firing up. Kurt hits his perfect plex and that's when Vincent decides to make an appearance while holding Stevie Ray's slapjack. Stevie Ray appears and he's annoyed that Vincent stole his personal property, so Stevie takes it away and he ends up accidentally hitting Brian Adams. Hennig and Wyndham win the match and the NWO argue among each other. Remember, everyone here, except Vincent, thinks they are currently leading the group and they are all keeping it secret from one another. Mystery Blonde Woman then brings Mystery Man to Mysterious Hotel for some mysterious action in her mysterious room. I think she might have pulled El Dandy, but I don't want to make any wild assumptions. Oh, Vincent gets told he's now leading the NWO before our next match. Vincent says, yeah, I'm the daddy, and Hulk Hogan's like, yes Vincent, yes you are. On Raw, Val Venus was caught knocking it into Ryan Shamrock in the Skydome Hotel before Raw went on the air. The cameraman must be a professional at this kind of thing, but it seems like Val and Ryan couldn't care less as they proudly walked down to the ring. Val faces Ken Shamrock for the IC belt at St. Valentine's Day Massacre and he says he doesn't need to get a rise out of Kenny Boy because his sister gets a rise out of the big Valboski. He doesn't get a chance to say anything else because Ken ends up hitting the ring to defend the honour of his dirtbag sister. Both 
both Val and a bunch of referees take a beating. And you know, there's something funny about a dude who gets violently angry because his sister loves dick. There's nothing you can do about a Kenny boy, just roll with it. Val says afterwards that this ends tonight, he's on a mission to get revenge apparently, so we'll see what Mr. Venus comes up with a little later on in the show. Remember Goldust's old usher that would give presents to Goldust's enemies? Well, he's back and he gives Goldust some blue flowers and blue candy. I wonder who would send such items, eh? Here comes Gilberg, light heavyweight champion Gilberg in case you've forgotten. Kinda funny hearing Michael Cole talking about Gilberg chants being piped in, seeing his WWE can't broadcast a show nowadays without piping in crowd noise. Gilberg tries the spear and he fails, he fails miserably. Jerry Lawler loses it on commentary right here. Gilberg takes two clotheslines from Goldust, he then takes the curtain call, but the Goldust theme plays in the arena and it looks like his titantron's been changed a little. We see Blue Dust lying on a couch, he says Goldust will never forget the name of Blue Dust, while Michael Cole says he feels a little sick. But Gilbert takes this opportunity to pin Goldust and Gilbert gets a victory, absolute shocker. Goldust takes it bad and he delivers shattered dreams to poor little Gilbert. The lights then go out in the arena, blue lights begin to flash, and when the lights come back on we see that Goldust has taken a blue bath, <laughs> very good. We then cut to an interview with Earl Hebner backstage, he says his referees are refusing to officiate Ken Shamrock's match this Sunday after what happened tonight, and if that match has no official then Kenny Boy will have to forfeit his Intercontinental Championship. We've got promos next, Degeneration X on Raw, Bam Bam Bigelow on Nitro. Mean Gene announces that finally Bam Bam Bigelow vs Goldberg has been booked, it's gonna happen at Super Brawl. Bam Bam says he's extreme, he's hardcore, he's the beast from the east and Goldberg better be ready for Super Brawl. He's brought along an article from USA Today, Brawlers sickened by animal fights. Bigelow says Goldberg shouldn't be so concerned about cockfighting right now and when Mean Gene wants Bigelow to confirm he means chickens and roosters, the joke goes right over Bigelow's head. In the article it said Goldberg vowed to make everyone in WWE CW adopt an animal this year, so Bam Bam says he'll take Goldberg's old lady, <laughs> well done. Billy Boy marches down to the ring, he hits a big shoulder block and as usual security run down to break up both men. Bigelow got you this time Goldberg, that line about adopting his old lady looked like it cut pretty deep. On Sunday Night Heat it was announced that Triple H and X-Pac are going to face China and Kane this week at the pay per view. Hunter says this is China's chance to play in a man's world, only problem is she's stepping up to the plate without carrying a bat. Har har har. X-Pac reminds fans that he made Kane bleed last week on Raw, Pac's got himself a match against Kane tonight in Toronto, and as for Shane McMahon, X-Pac says he's gonna steal a line from an old friend of his, don't sing it, bring it. This is something Scott Hall would say frequently on Nitro by the way. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Road Dog says he's gonna stomp a mud hole in Al Snow's ass at the pay per view and moonwalk it dry. Okay then. And Billy Gunn says he doesn't have a match at St. Valentine's Day Massacre, but he's got himself a little job this Sunday. Billy's gonna referee the IC title match between Val Venus and Ken Shamrock. Road Dog thought he was gonna apply for a job at Foot Locker. The DX boys are busy this weekend. Check the channel later in the week and we'll see how successful they are. Steve Austin vs Mankind's up next on Raw, on Nitro Kenny Chaos takes on DDP. 
Seeing as Kenny Chaos couldn't beat Van Hummer recently, there's absolutely no way he's getting a win against Dallas Page. Although, I am surprised that DDP was able to tear himself away from the Nitro Guards this evening. Not much point in going through this really, is there? I could talk about Chaos getting in some of his moves, I could talk about this chin lock right here, I could talk about how close Kenny was to beating DDP, but the result of this match is already set in stone the moment the competitors make their way down to the ring. I like both guys, but an easy way to make you not care about wrestlers is booking them in throwaway matches. It happens to so many guys in WCW too. Lex Luger suffered badly from it, Kurt Hennig got it pretty badly, Booker T's another example, it's actually getting a little sad. Page wins with a middle rope diamond cutter, the crowd loved it but longtime viewers at home had no reason to get excited. On Raw, it's the complete opposite, Mankind vs Austin in a non-title match with Vince McMahon serving as the guest referee. Now, the match doesn't happen unfortunately, but there's plenty here to keep viewers engaged. McMahon tells Steve and Mankind that they can throw the rulebook out the window, the use of chairs, tables and other assorted furniture is perfectly acceptable in this matchup, kicks to the groin would be very much appreciated. Basically, Vince wants these two to kick each other's asses and Stone Cold says nah, Stone Cold isn't getting his ass kicked and neither's Mankind. So that leaves only one person and that person is Vince McMahon. McMahon wants Austin to hit him of course, that would mean Stone Cold gets fired. What he didn't want nor expect though was Mankind pulling out Mr. Socko. The chairman takes the mandible claw and Stone Cold gets all up in Vince's face. So Vince revises his plan and he decides that Stone Cold's still gonna wrestle tonight. It won't be against Mick Foley though, instead Steve Austin's gonna run the corporate gauntlet. Austin vs the corporation in a gauntlet match is our main event for Raw tonight. Kenyon and Raven go shopping next on Nitro, on Raw the Godfather battles Viscera. So, Raven and Kenyon, the two get in Raven's yellow Ferrari after withdrawing their money, and they visit a Versace store to get Kenyon some new clothes. Kenyon thought it was called Versace. Raven's footing the bill and he pays for Kenyon's expensive purchases, and when the two get home, Kenyon acts like nothing happened. He tells Mommy Raven that her boy seems to be doing a little better. Mommy Raven tells her son that WCW called and they want him to go back to work. Raven says his mum isn't very bright, so it sounds like Raven's getting prepared for his return to in-ring action. On Raw, the Godfather doesn't offer Viscera a night with his creatures, and the creatures said thank fuck for that. Midian's brought along his pickled eyeball, and the commentators wonder what it's looking at. Midian pretty much says he has no idea, it could be Michael Cole, it could be Midian's St Valentine's Day Massacre opponent the big boss man, it's a complete mystery. Viscera dominated the Godfather with a corner splash followed by a clothesline and an elbow drop. Godfather got a boot up in the corner that dazed the big man and when Viscera got taken off his feet with a jumping shoulder tackle, Midian decided to interfere. We have a DQ finish ladies and gents. After the bell, Viscera performs a big splash, the commentators say the big man looks possessed and Raw moves on to its next match. Before we check out what's next though, we see that Val Venus has located Ken Shamrock and the two are having a little friendly scuffle. Billy Gunn shows up to break it up, but he then cheap shots Val Venus and the whole thing gets broken up by officials, DX and the corporation. Val Venus has no mate so he relied on the officials to keep him safe, it's a sad state of affairs that.
We've got X-Pac of Degeneration X taking on Kane of the Corporation. On Nitro, we've got another Ernest Miller open challenge. So Ernie goes through his usual promo, no change at all, he'll whoop anyone in the building including the fans sitting in the front row, and he dares anyone backstage to answer his open challenge. The NWB team play the same trick on Vincent that they played on Scott Norton last week, they tell Vincent that the kitty cat's calling him out personally, and Vincent has to go out there and beat this guy up while representing the New World Order. Vincent bumps into Disco Inferno backstage and he tells Disco that he has to go out and fight the cat, but Disco's not going to fall for that one again. He tells Vincent to fight his own battles, so Vince has no choice. He walks down to the ring to wrestle Ernest Miller live on Nitro and what a treat guys, what a treat. Vincent takes it out on Sonny Ono but that doesn't last too long. The cat gets his opponent in the ring and even the way Vincent hits the ropes looks really sloppy. He never used to be this bad by the way but I'm guessing he got used to that NWO lifestyle brother. Ono wants to get his hands on Vincent on the outside and Vince uses this opportunity to attack Miller. This attack doesn't last too long though as Cat bounces Vincent's head off the ring steps and back in the ring Ernest drills his dirty sweaty food on Vincent's neck. The match ends when the cat kicks Vincent in the next week before setting up a top rope move. For some reason Sonny Ono jumps on the apron and Vincent pushes Sonny into Miller. Miller falls to the mat and Vincent wins via pinfall. An absolutely terrible finish to an absolutely terrible match. This episode of Nitro has been very hard to sit through. Over on Raw, the kid faces the monster and it doesn't begin too well for the kid. X-Pac gets drilled to the mat after missing a spinning wheel kick, Kane sends his opponent across the ring with a big old hip toss, and the domination continues when Kane performs a body slam. It goes to the outside where Kane tries to use the ring steps, though luckily X-Pac gets out of the way. Kid's able to keep Kane at bay by kicking him off the apron and when the match gets back in the ring, X-Pac targets the knee. Just as the match was beginning to get interesting, China jumps in and she clips X-Pac, causing the referee to call for the bell. China and Kane then take turns at beating Waltman up and just when China was going to go for a pedigree, Triple H runs down for the save. He shoves Kane into China and he works with X-Pac to get the big red machine out of the ring. China then tries her luck against her former teammates but Kane makes sure she doesn't come to any harm by pulling her to the outside. These four meet in a tag team match later in the week and gotta say it looks like a pretty intriguing matchup. This raw match though it, it wasn't good, Kane isn't a wrestler who needs others interfering on his behalf. Al Snow wrestles himself next on Raw, you heard me right. On Nitro, DDP finally runs into Scotty Steiner. So Kimberly's getting into her car and Scott Steiner appears to, you know, ask her what time it is or something. DDP then appears from the other side of the car and a fight breaks out. Steiner's able to kick DDP in the balls and check out the security guard sliding his way to failure. Great bump kid. While security hold Dallas back, Steiner's able to get in the car while Kim sits in the passenger seat. He drives off as Dallas gives chase. He then remembers he has a special delivery to make so he turns back and he dumps Kim out of the car before driving off again. That's a bit harsh isn't it? DDP screams for someone to help. We go to commercial break and we come back to see medical staff tending to Kimberly. She ends up getting put on a stretcher and loaded into an ambulance. And Dallas joins his wife for an unscheduled trip to the hospital. Back in Bischoff's restroom, we learn that Larry Sabisco's a sink pisser. He gets a little pee on his shoes and he tells Eric Bischoff to grab the bleach and clean the place up. Eric's had enough of this nonsense, so he decides to sniff the bleach instead to get a little buzz. Can't say I blame him. 
On Raw, Al Snow says the Road Dog's tough, the Road Dog's hardcore, but Snow's the crown prince of hardcore, and Snow's gonna take the hardcore title this week at the pay-per-view. To prove how hardcore he is, he issues an open challenge, and when no one answers the challenge, Al decides to have a hardcore match all by himself. He goes to the outside where he uses a fire extinguisher on himself and he breaks a broom over his own head. He then sets up a table in the middle of the ring and he puts himself through it with a moonsault. And that's when Al's buddy Hardcore Holly comes down to try and talk some sense into this complete lunatic. Snow pushes Holly away, when Holly tries again he gets punched in the head. So Holly follows Snow to the outside and the two have a fight. Both guys take chair shots right to the head and the trend of unprotected chair shots is now in full swing in WWF. It seems like it's the only way certain guys will take chair shots and it always looks really brutal. But before Snow and Holly can do any more damage to each other, officials run down and the two get separated. A strangely entertaining piece of WWF television here, the crowd wasn't too sure how to take it though. After the match, Kevin Kelly tries to interview Darren Drozdov, but Droz calls Kevin out for calling him a punk on Sunday Night Heat. Kevin says he just got caught up in the moment, but that's not good enough for Double D. Kelly gets floored and draws smacks Kevin across the air. Our guy really needs a hero right now and that hero arrives in the form of Steve Blackman. Draws backs off as Steve-O checks on this innocent civilian and Steve took the time out of his day to help out Kevin when he's got the biggest match of his career coming up next. Steve Blackman vs The Rock is our Raw semi-main event. On Nitro we've got Bret Hart vs Roddy Piper. So it's the WrestleMania 8 rematch, the Hot Rod vs the Hitman, the US titles up for grabs and as much as I haven't enjoyed Piper's WCW run I am looking forward to this match. The commentators are still shook after what happened to Kimberly as Brett tells Piper he has an injury right now. The Hitman then gets up in Roddy's face and Piper smacks Brett as Will Sasso applauds in the audience. Piper lights Brett up in the corner before sending him to the outside. Brett gets wrecked at the guardrail before Piper brings it back inside the ropes for a few mounted punches and Brett's attempt at fighting back gets stopped when the hot rod grabs his foot. Brett hurries to the bottom rope, Piper's gonna go after that injured groin, but the referee makes Roddy back off and his excellency takes a timeout. Brett's now complaining about his injury as he screams at the referee that he's hurt, but the match resumes with both men trading right hands until Roddy decides to poke Brett in the eyes. Something then happens in the audience that makes the security guys get up and dash to the left hand side of our screens. The crowd completely ignore the next spot in the match and it's a pretty clever spot too as Brett pretends to take a low blow. The hitman goes down and the referee seems very concerned about Brett's well-being. A trainer runs into the ring to check on Hart and it looks like Brett's maybe managed the his way out of this matchup. Brett has a choice, he can roll out of the ring or take the opportunity to attack Piper. Brett chooses the latter and yeah, this was pulled off pretty well, good to see someone trying something a little different in a WCW Nitro match. After a commercial break, Brett remains in control, Piper takes a Russian leg sweep and a headbutt to the midsection. He tries to come at Brett in the corner but the hitman dodges the attack and Piper takes a few right hands. Brett then performs a backbreaker and after Roddy kicks out, the hot rod gets sent to the outside. Brett chokes Piper with some TV cable before going after Will Sasso. Sasso gets thrown over the guardrail and Brett starts choking him out. This leads to Piper coming over to save Mr. Sasso by choking Brett out with that same TV cable and Sasso's now going to stand at ringside to watch the end of this matchup. Brett takes a vertical suplex followed by a back suplex. Piper then locks in a sleeper but the referee takes a bump when Brett tries to break it up. The two men then go down after a double clothesline and Sasso cheers when Piper's first to set up. But look, Brett's got those brass knucks that don't look like brass knucks but we'll call them brass knucks anyway. 
Brad clocks Piper, he makes the cover, but Will and Sasso stops Brad from pulling the referee over for the count and Piper manages to pin the hitman. We have a new US champion on Nitro and Brad can't believe it. Now, we can argue that Piper coming in unannounced and taking a WCW belt might be a little short-sighted. We could also argue that this was so far away from Piper vs Brad at Mania that it's almost laughable. But it's a 1999 Nitro match and the fans enjoyed the outcome. At least the fans in the arena enjoyed the outcome. Not sure what this means for Super Brawl though, we're gonna have to wait until next week. Right, The Rock is in deep, deep trouble. Rock acts like he's not worried when he says he's gonna kick Steve's Rudy Poo candy ass. Rock may have gotten the early advantage, but a few kicks followed by a dropkick from Blackman reminds The Rock who he's messing with here tonight. A lethal weapon. Blackman lays in a few right hands and he chokes The Rock out with his boot. The referee pleads to Steve to spare Rock from this embarrassment and Steve's a nice guy so he stops choking Rock out, only to take a thumb to the eye. Rock shouldn't have done that because Blackman fires up on the number one contender with a series of strikes before hitting him with a hard stop and chest chop. Rock comes back with a DDT, he then mocks our hero before heading to the commentary table and Rock says he's gonna serve Steve with a rock witch filled with rock sauce. Rock sauce sounds disgusting and it sounds like he's gonna splooge between two slices of bread. Steve appreciates the offer but he's not hungry right now, all he wants to do is hit Rock with a suplex followed up with a Blackman torpedo. This is all going too well and all it's gonna take is a mudfug kick from Steve Blackman, but Rock dodges it and that's it over. Steve takes a Rock bottom and a people's elbow and the Rock wins via pinfall. It turns out that Steve wrestled this match while worrying about innocent civilian Kevin Kelly and his head wasn't in the game. Human life is more important to Steve than winning wrestling matches. Steve may have lost inside the ring, but in his own heart, he left Toronto a winner. The Outsiders vs Ric Flair and Steve McMichael headlines Nitro, Stone Cold runs the corporate gauntlet on Raw, Disco comes to the ring with Hall and Nash, Big Kev says Wolfpack's in the house, and before the match can begin we cut back to our mystery lady in her mystery hotel room. She tells mystery man to sit down and she'll be right back after taking a mysterious dump. This main event is Steve McMichael's final match on WCW television, the end of an era, let's see if he makes it one to remember. Eric Bischoff said Steve's personal life was taking a toll on him, what with his separation from Deborah and all that, but Bischoff also said there wasn't much of a plan for Steve either. It settles down with Flair and Hall in the ring, the two trade shots and when Scott goes down Rick cheap shots Nash. Nash goes to retaliate but Steve's right there to protect Slick Rick. Rick counters a few mounted punches with an inverted atomic drop but Scott comes right back with a clothesline. A corner clothesline leads to the flare flop and when Rick goes upstairs he gets slammed right down to the mat, no surprises here. Big Sexy comes in so Rick tags out, Kev challenges McMichael to run the ropes but instead Steve stomps on Nash's food and the big man goes down after a clothesline. McMichael then body slams both outsiders but some underhanded tactics from Scott Hall lead to Steve taking a big boot while Ric Flair casually falls into the ring. Nash and Hall keep Steve away from his corner and Hall shows off his strength with a fallaway slam. McMichael finds himself in a sleeper but he manages to get out after hitting a jawbreaker. Flair comes back in and he goes right after Scott's knee and after kicking the top rope into Nash's nutsack the Nature Boy is able to apply the figure 4 on Scott Hall. 
Backstage, we see Bischoff handing Hulk Hogan a bucket full of bleach. The action continues as Hogan makes his way down to the ring. Disco holds Flair in place as Hogan lines up his shot, but it's Steve McMichael who ends up getting splashed. That's the end of our match unfortunately. Hogan, Hall and Nash try to attack Flair, but Rick hits a few low blows, and even Disco gets punched in the Disco balls for good measure. Goldberg then hits the ring to spear Disco, and Goldberg makes easy work of Bam Bam Bigelow who also decided to run down just before Nitro faded to black. Not much to say here except Steve McMichael left after getting splashed by Hulk Hogan. Over on Raw, this gauntlet match isn't a typical gauntlet match, it ends when Austin pins or submits just one member of the corporation, and it looks like a corporation member can leave the match at any time, but they won't be able to re-enter, it's, yeah, it's different. Ken Shamrock's first up and it doesn't take too long for things to get scrappy. Ken gets the better of Austin though, and after hitting a leg lariat, Shamrock applies the ankle lock. Austin breaks free, he hits a stunner, and Tess runs in when Austin goes for the cover. So that's Shamrock done, he can't come back into the ring, you could say he was disqualified. Austin counters a big boot and Tess gets kicked in his little testicles, it doesn't take long at all before Austin hits his opponent with a stunner, and this leads to Kane entering the match as Tess leaves. The big red machine does manage to hit Austin with a big boot and he follows this up with a chokeslam. Austin kicks out of the follow up cover and he counters a tombstone with another stunner. China runs in to hit a low blow and she takes a stunner immediately afterwards, so the big boss man comes in and that's when it goes downhill for the Texas Rattlesnake. McMahon gives Bossman his nightstick and Austin gets destroyed by the corporation's enforcer. Stone Cold takes a few shots before Bossman chokes him out, and we think Vince is showing a little compassion when he tells Bossman to stop, but no. Vince wants to show the world his pythons before covering Austin himself. Vince McMahon gets a pinfall win over Stone Cold, and Vince celebrates afterwards with a cold beverage. Raw ends with a pretty famous shot of Vince screaming in Austin's face while Stone Cold gets held back by the corporation. Vince says over and over again that the WWF will never be the same for Austin again following St. Valentine's Day Massacre, and if you want to find out exactly what McMahon's talking about here, you can tune into the channel later this week when I cover the whole pay-per-view. Raw wins reliving the war this week, easily. Bread vs Piper and Mysterio vs Blitzkrieg were okay, but the rest of Nitro was either pure filler or standard predictable nonsense. WCW had a chance here, seeing as they went unopposed, and they blew it. Raw felt really big this week thanks to the venue, and that's because it was really big, it's a record setting episode of Raw, and the WWF produced a good go home show that gets you excited for the pay per view, it really was an easy choice this week. Raw's on 85 points overall, Nitro's on 68, and we've got 19 ties on the board. No Raw on Monday night meant Nitro scored a 5.7, keep in mind though that this is lower than Raw's rating last week. Saturday Night Raw this week got a 4.3. St. Valentine's Day Massacre is up next, Austin vs McMahon in the cage, Rock vs Mankind in a last man standing match, China and Kane vs Triple H and X-Pac. Plenty of matches to look forward to in this one, so join me later in the week and we'll see what happens in Memphis, Tennessee. Thank you so much for watching another episode of Reliving the War, I do hope you enjoyed it, and please take care.